You're listening to the McFantasy NBA Podcast with Josh and Adam McDermott. G'day, welcome to another episode. Thanks very much for having a listen. We've got plenty to get through today. G'day, Adam. Welcome. Howdy. How's things? Going very well. Going very well. My fantasy basketball team had a win this week, which is nice. It's been struggling a bit. And with all the COVID stuff, which we've spoken about over and over again, I think I was quite fortunate that the team that I was playing had an even worse week COVID-wise than me. So happy days. My team didn't get so lucky, so we decided to bring the bloke that beat me on. That'll be interesting, and we'll have a chat to him shortly. We're trying to upgrade this podcast and make it more listenable and more fun for everyone. So we've got a few little stings and stuff to play. So this next segment that we're about to do is going to be called Breaking News. So before we get into it, I'm going to play the little intro, and then we'll start talking. You ready? Ready. Breaking News. Disclaimer. This news is not broken by us. It comes already broken. What do you reckon? That's our little uh, little sting, our little intro into the breaking news segment. Well, the news isn't broken by us, obviously. How could we possibly break news? We're in Australia. We're not even anywhere near any action at all. So the news is stuff that we've already seen. And what have you seen? What have you seen since our last podcast? What would you like to chat about that's happened in the basketball world over the last two or three days? Being a king, Darren Fox, career night, 43 points and 13 assists. That was pretty awesome, even though they lost, as always. Following on from last week, and probably, I suppose, the talk of the NBA, not including COVID, would be the big threat. Brooklyn, Harden, KD, and as Steve Nash has hinted at most, probably Kyrie will play tomorrow alongside those two. But who really knows with that? I looked into it a little bit more, and this Brooklyn experiment, Totals two hundred and thirty six million US dollars or three hundred and five million Australian dollars. Whoa. Yeah, if it doesn't work, they are stuffed. And to break that down further, Harden is on forty four million US dollars, Durant forty million, and Kyrie thirty four million. So you would hope with all of that cash they will perform. But looking into Harden's first game, he was just incredible. Biggest debut triple double of any player ever, and only the seventh in history to record a triple-double in their debut for a new team, but the first to be a 30-point triple-double. Um, and that all kicked off with a steal to, uh, to open the game, so James Harden, the defender. Awesome to see. Awesome to see. I did watch a little bit of the Harden debut. He was obviously very, very good. And even better that the fact that he had hardly been to practice, he hadn't trained, so they didn't run any plays at all pretty much. They were just out there playing basketball. So that was interesting to see. But you spoke about Kyrie coming back tomorrow. He's still going through his quarantine period, obviously, because he left the team and has had to do whatever he has to do for the quarantine stuff, get tests and all the rest before he comes back. He got fined $50,000 by the NBA for that COVID breach. And on top of that, because he walked out on the team and missed several games, he has to forfeit $816,898 of his salary for missing those games. That's a fair bit. Well, for us, it's a fair bit. For him, it's probably not too much. But, yeah, that's what he has to pay uh, because of the little walkout. Not sure why that walkout was yet. I don't know if we'll ever find out. I'm guessing we might at some point when he speaks to the media. Although I think he said he wasn't speaking to the media this year. So who knows with Kyrie, as we said. He's a bit of a strange unit, but we're definitely looking forward to seeing him playing with Harden and Durant. Furthermore, from the big trade that happened the other day, Karis LeVert 
what can you tell me about this or what can you tell the listeners about what's going there with Karras? We don't know too much. He So when you get traded to a new team, you have to go through a medical. Uh, all players have to go through that medical. It's a pretty rigorous medical, full body scan kind of stuff. And Karras Levert had to go through that because he was off to Indiana. And it's pretty fortunate for him actually that this did happen and he did get traded because they found a small mass on his kidney. We don't know at this stage what that mass is. It has the potential to be cancerous. It could be benign. We hope that it's benign, and then they'll just go in there, a little keyhole operation, I'd imagine. Don't know too much about medical stuff, so don't quote me on that. But they'll go in there, remove the the small mass, and then he might miss two, three, four weeks, and then hopefully return after that. If it is cancerous, it's fantastic that they've caught it early because they caught it in this scam, which he probably wouldn't have had for who knows how long if he hadn't been traded. And if it is cancerous, he'll, I would suspect, have to go through chemo and all that kind of stuff, which, which doesn't sound very fun. And then he would he would miss the rest of the year. So we hope for him that uh, he gets healthy. There's nothing too much to it. And he'll be back in the next couple of weeks. And it was just really fortunate that they found it in the scan after he got traded to the Indiana Pacers. I hadn't really thought of it being lucky. But I suppose, yeah, you don't, you don't have medicals very often. Um, so the trade might be a blessing in the end for his health. The other one that happened a few days ago now is Josef Nurkic breaking his wrist. He was just starting to hit his strides as well. So that's very unfortunate. And that looks like a minimum of eight weeks at this stage. And in a compressed season, not good for any Josef Nurkic owners in fantasy or for Portland for that matter. And I'll touch on that when we get into our last segment with the waiver wire as well. My last little news story, and it's, it's out of Australia with the NBL. Um, the NBL is obviously where Lamelo played last year and got drafted very high due to his performance over here. And this story is about Josh Giddy. He's an 18-year-old playing his first season with the Adelaide 36ers. He's eligible for the draft and already being looked at by 10 or 15 NBA teams. And he would look like at this stage going in the late first round. But he played his first game the other day running the point for them and had seven points, eight rebounds and four assists. And then yesterday scored 16 points, 11 rebounds and seven assists and what pretty much won the game for them. Another little thing about him is um, Joe Ingles absolutely loves him and he's continuing to tweet about him after every single 36ers game. Um, and he's also put on, they said, 10 to 15 kilos in the off-season before the start of his rookie NBL season. So he is one to watch for us Aussies and one for NBA fans to get ready for, I reckon. That's very exciting. And to see him playing in Australia as well and not over in college is great for the <laughs> NBL here in Australia. The last couple of other just little news things to go through, obviously the Sixers and OKC were postponed today. I think that was due to contract tracing going back to the Grizzlies game the day before. So Memphis could have a bit of a COVID issue. I think Valanchunas is back out on COVID tracing protocols again. So what that means for Memphis game tomorrow not really sure. You'd think that if the Sixers had to postpone because they had played Memphis the previous day, you'd, you'd wonder whether Memphis Phoenix will go ahead tomorrow. But there's been no word to say that it won't, but we'll keep our eyes uh, out for that one. And the other couple of things too, we're talking about Irving's potential debut tomorrow. Oladipo will also make his debut for Houston tomorrow, so we'll look out for that. And in the last couple of days today and yesterday, Kemba made his season debut. 
didn't do a hell of a lot, played just under 20 minutes, and you'd expect that that's probably going to happen for the next week or so. Jamarant was not too bad in his uh, first game back after his injury. He played 30 minutes, had 17 points in that game. So we're starting to get a few of these stars back, which is fantastic for fantasy basketball, but it's also really good for supporters who just love watching basketball and seeing the best players play. Yeah, it's awesome. And it looks like Michael Porter Jr. could also be back later in the week as well, finally, after his... I don't think he's played in the new year. So it'll be nice to see him back and get Denver rolling again as well. Absolutely. All right, I'm pretty excited about this. We've got another sound effect coming up, and we're about to introduce our first ever guest on the show. McFantasy NBA, your league, your team. That's right. It's your league and it's your team and it's pretty exciting. It's time now for the very new segment and we're joined by Darcy, the fantasy GM of Hotline Zing, the top team. Well, they were the top team until today. Stuffed us up a little bit by uh, not winning enough categories today, but it's a nine-cat league that we're in. Uh, G'day, Darcy. Thanks very much for joining us. Thank you both, McDermott, for having me. Well, what we're going to do in this segment is we're going. you're going to get you, Darcy, to tell us a couple of guys on your team that you're happy with so far this year and a couple of guys that perhaps aren't performing as well as what you thought. Who are you happy with so far in your fantasy basketball team? Well, I've sort of... I took it as on the draft. You guys already mentioned him already on your first episode, I think. And I'm still pretty happy because it's only getting better. And that is Kevin Durant. Took him with 27 and currently sitting 18th after missing some games. But pretty happy with how it looks. Looked pretty good with James Harden the other day too. He looked very, very good actually. I don't know how many ended with, but he was in the 40s, I believe. Josh and I both had a look at your team and picked someone that we thought was a good performer as well. And my very first player there was Kevin Durant, like I touched on in the in the first podcast. Do you know what his good categories are? Has, has he improved from previous seasons or it's just because he's back and he's the Kevin Durant of old? Well, it looks as if the Achilles injury was a dream. It's as if we all dreamt it. It doesn't show any signs of... Any sort of ill effects from that coming back, he only, he only missed one back-to-back. Now he's playing in them as if it never happened. What can we say? He's probably shooting better than he ever has, currently at 55%. His next best was 53% over the season, and he was actually the best player in the entire fantasy landscape that year, which was 16-17. That was also on 28% usage. He's currently sitting at about 32. Things are looking pretty good. We'll see what happens with James Harden, though, and if Kyrie Irving ever comes back. For a 32-year-old, as you mentioned, coming back from a ruptured Achilles, <coughs> he's playing so, so well. That usage going to drop a little bit with Harden and Irving there, but his field goal percentage is what really puts him above the rest. And, yeah, the Yahoo rankings, he might be ranked 17 or 18. But if you actually have a look at the nine cat rankings, I reckon he's ranked inside the top five. He's, because of that field goal percentage, his points per game, he's close to 30 points per game. I mean, he does it all. He's a freak. 
He was at one point potentially the best player in the league, and he's he's back up in the conversation in the top four or five players without a doubt at the moment. If you look at per game stats, which is probably a good way to look at it this early in the season, sitting fourth currently. His blocks are at one a game, which you'd take any day of the week. In the last five seasons, the lowest he's averaged is 1.1. So let's hope that works its way back up. And he's probably going to be a little small ball five. So blocks could go up and we could be looking at top player. Take that every day of the week from a second round pick in a fantasy competition. Adam, who have you got on Darcy's team that you like aside from uh, KD? Um, KD really stands out for me because he's also got the most points per game since 2012 for him. So he's literally, it's nearly his best season ever so far. I know it's only he's only played 10 games, but it's, it's just crazy to fathom. Well, another thing on KD too is we know that he can still put up big numbers with star players around him because he did it in Golden State with Curry and Thompson. So I don't think we should be too concerned that he's going to drop off that much uh, just because James Harden's come there. If the ball's in Harden, Irving or Durant's hand, you've only got good three-point shooters, Joe Harris, Bruce Brown, Jeff Green can even shoot. So there's plenty of room for all three of them to operate. Double teams are going to come for any one of the three, so they're all going to get easy, easy shots, I'd imagine. I don't know how you have enough players to defend three of the best in the game. Furthermore, looking at your team, um, I really like your pickup just recently. You didn't draft him, but Xavier Tillman, he's looking the goods. He looked awesome coming out of college, but he had a bit of an injury to start the season. But just looking at his last couple of games, 12-5, 3-2, and then last game, 15-4 and with four steals. I know Jaron Jackson's to come back and, and Winslow as well, but I don't think it'll worry him too much so I'm a big fan of that pick even though it was just off the wire in the last week or so I watched him quite closely because he did play the Sixers in that last game me being a big Sixers fan JV did get in foul trouble which makes it probably look a little bit better but he got his fifth foul right at the start of the fourth quarter and they never never tried to put him back in even though the Sixers were coming very hard for the win missed on a, uh, a buzzer-beating three, but didn't quite make it. So, yeah, he does it a fair bit from the uh, centre spot. Can shoot threes, space the floor, definitely gets rebounds. Got a lot of steals in that game. Very active on the defensive end, which you like to see from a young fella. And it sounds like Valanciunas is going to miss, because of COVID protocols, a few games. So you know that he's going to be Tillman's going to be reasonable for this week at least. I sort of picked him up because he their games Memphis last week were all on the, uh, the days where there was only, say, five or six games. So fit in between everyone else quite well. It wasn't really a stream. It was sort of a weak pickup, and he'd fill in those low-volume days, which helps in fantasy, if anyone wants any tips out there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's very true, very true. Who else do you like on your team? Who's a, a second guy, aside from, uh, obviously, KD and Tillman, that you like, who you picked up in the draft? Well, we'll go right to the other end of the draft, go on the, one of those flyer picks that's really jackpotted for me so far this season. My second choice is actually Cameron Johnson, taken with pick 70. Uh, 170, sorry. Put a one in front of that. And he is, per game at the moment, sitting 107th. So quite handy. A steal at that end of the draft. As you say, if you're picking around 170, 
most guys around that pick, you'll probably end up dropping at some point. But to be able to hold on to him this far, and it doesn't, it looks like he'll continue to get minutes, and he shoots threes. I think that's probably his biggest category bonus for you is the two and a half threes a game. Definitely very good. I think he's only missed maybe two three throws for the season as well. He's a very good three throw shooter. Before they started missing games as well, Jay. Jay Crowder's minutes, who's the starter at the four for Phoenix, his numbers are going down minutes-wise, while Johnson's were going up. So potentially going to break in the starting lineup soon and get his minutes closer to 30, which might bring him back to maybe around the 70 mark, which if you can get someone who can jump 100 spots from their draft spot, you're doing all right. Anyone else, Adam, you would like to mention who's done well on this team? I know Cam Johnson was the other one that I had. I had KD and Johnson. Uh, is there anyone you have on the team that you like? Without being rude, not really. Darcy's team is old. <laughs> um, it's a very mature, experienced team with the likes of Danny Green and Steve Adams, Batum, DeAndre Jordan. Aldridge, Van Vleck, Van Vleck's not that old, but Chris Paul. So I, what I'd like to know is why why do you have such an old team? Because I, I went with a very different approach. I think my average age is like 23 or 24 years old. And you've probably only got one or two guys even close to that age. So quickly, for those who don't know, we're in a the league that Darcy's in and both Adam and I are in is a dynasty league. So the league will continue to go on for several years. So for that point, a lot of people have picked younger players because then they still haven't reached their peak and the team will continue to get better. Whereas other teams like Darcy, although he has got some good young players, has potentially gone for a win-now type of uh, scheme. Is that right, Darcy? Well, yes. You've just answered the question for me. That was exactly it. I sort of went for people that are going to give me production this year. We are, you probably haven't mentioned it yet, and listeners, I don't know if they know or not, but we are playing for a cash prize, and I would like the cash this year. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's, that's fair. That's a good plan, and uh, you've certainly started the season very well. But like every team, there's been a couple of guys that perhaps haven't gone to plan. Who's someone who you drafted maybe a little bit too high and then they uh, really aren't performing or they may not even be on your team any longer? The two picks that I have that are, that I was pretty disappointed in, uh, neither of them are on my team anymore, but there is one that I will mention, seeing as we're talking about the age of my team, that has backfired and that would be LaMarcus Aldridge. He is showing his age now. Not prepared to drop him yet, but he's not really making me happy. But the two others were gone within a week. So we'll go with those two, which were later in the draft. First one was Hassan Whiteside from Adams Kings. I thought that he might get minutes because Luke Walton doesn't normally know what he's doing, but he's made one good decision, and that was by putting Hassan on the bench and playing Rashad Holmes instead, which has worked out quite well for them. Not so much for me. He's an interesting one, Whiteside. Like over the fan, over the last five, six years of fantasy, he's been a fantastic player for fantasy purposes because he puts up huge numbers. So just looking at the box score, you're like, yeah, bloody oath, Hassan Whiteside can play. But 
I guess when people watch him play, they realise he's maybe not as good as what his stats suggest. And Adam would know more than me, but the Kings have switched things around a little bit. They're playing Bagley at the centre sometimes, otherwise at the power forward. And Holmes is younger and a better player than Whiteside. So there isn't much room for Whiteside. And initially, it was thought that it would be a bit of a timeshare, I suppose, with Holmes. So 50% per player. But because Bagley's played a little bit of time at centre it then means that there's just no room for Whiteside to get extended minutes and he's not playing much at all. And that's why he's on most waiver wires, I think, in fantasy basketball. He should be anyway. I think I've nearly seen every Kings game this year and he's very hard to watch. Just the little things he seems to fail at, like catching a basketball, for instance, (laughs) or passing it to his teammate, maybe. Like the real simple things that you learn very early in life he's not very good at. when And even his defense isn't great. Like, yes, he gets blocks, but he doesn't really defend as such. But in saying that, when he's healthy and he's playing, he's been injured the last few games, he's a very, very handy acquisition for the Kings because, because he doesn't have to play 30 minutes. He just goes as hard as he possibly can for those 10 or 15, and he's still getting probably two blocks because he doesn't have to worry about fouls or anything. And today would have been great to try and shut down Williamson a little bit because Holmes and Bagley just weren't strong enough. So he still he still does what he used to do. He just doesn't have the minutes to go along with it because, yeah, as you said, Walton might have learnt how to coach ever so slightly. You can't really see him refining some form unless Holmes was to get injured, unless he was to get traded, but... He was a free agent. Anyone could have signed him, and no one really did except for Sacramento. So even, oh, I, I don't know, I can't really see him being traded either. So the only chance he's probably got would be if Holmes was to get injured. And even if Holmes was to get injured, they might just start Bagley at the five and then play Jabari Parker or Harrison Barnes or someone at the four. That's what you'd do if you wanted to win basketball games. But are we sure that the Kings like to do that? Because they haven't done it for a long time. Uh, Darcy, you don't want to hear about it. So who else do you think were bad picks? Because I don't like picking on my kings. They'll be just fine. Just give them another 15 years. Is there anyone else, Adam, on Darcy's team that perhaps was taken a little bit too high? My three were Aldridge and just on him quickly. His points have gone from 19 to 13.6. His blocks have halved. Rebounds have dropped by two and a half. His field goal percentage from 49 to 42. His three-point percentage from 39 to 27. His free throws per game made from three to 0.9. He's playing five minutes less a game. So he has some some work to do. Um, And if Pop is smart, he won't be at San Antonio for too long, I wouldn't have thought. And this could even be his his last season. Unless you're LeBron James at 35 years old, you generally start to fall off. And Aldridge has had a bigger fall off than what most people have probably thought. The other player that I had, he's not a bad player and it's not a bad selection, but he has dropped off a little bit over the season. He's picked it up again in the last week or so. He's Anthony Davis, who you selected with the second pick in the draft. Anthony Davis is obviously a very, very good player. But with the second pick in the draft, Darcy, do you think he will finish as a top five player this year? The only thing that stops him from finishing inside of the top two 
would be if they decide that they've made the playoffs and they stop putting him on the court, I'd say. He hasn't finished outside the top two for five years. And being a dynasty league, I didn't think I'd get him at number two. Josh, you had the first pick. <laughs> and you didn't take him, so I was over the moon. I was going to take him or Harden, whoever fell, um, Davis being first. And James Harden went third. So I didn't put him as a good pick or a bad pick because he has underperformed, but he has also been probable or questionable or doubtful for every single game this year, yet only actually missing one. I have a feeling the Lakers just decide on the morning, or Davis decides on the morning, whether he feels like playing or not. And when he does go on the court, he's, well, 21 points a game isn't great, but still... Eight rebounds, three assists, 1.3 steals, 1.8 block, 54% from the field. Pretty good numbers. And one three-pointer to go with that as well. Like, yeah, I could have maybe had someone else. Steph Curry doing pretty well, dropping off a little bit now. Um, Jokic, any of those guys would have been great. But going forward, I've got full faith that Davis will be my best player for the next five to six years. Not regretting that one at all. And he does, as you say, fill up the stat sheet. The only worry I had with him going into the year was if you're going to pick a big man, you want him to get rebounds. And yes, he is averaging those eight rebounds a game and will more than likely continue to do so. But he had those couple of playoff games in the bubble last year where he hardly got a rebound or he only got one rebound in a game. And that worried me a little bit. He obviously doesn't get the assist that a, a jockey or someone does, but he does get your blocks. He gets your steals. He gets your threes. And his field goal percentage is amazing, and he's on a very good team. And the only other issue that you could have with him from a fantasy sense is when it becomes to fantasy playoffs later in the year, if the Lakers are sitting pretty on top, they might rest him, and you don't want that to happen. Yeah, hopefully they're resting now, end of the season. That's when they ramp into it and they hit their gears then and maybe he wins me a couple of playoff games later in the season before he goes and wins himself some playoff games. Absolutely. Well, thanks very much, Darcy. Uh, You've obviously got a very good team. You know a lot about basketball. You've done a lot of research and you've got an old team though, so we'll we'll get the Zimmer frames out for you next year if you hang on to seven (laughs) of them. If you win this year, who really cares? You get the prize money and you can walk walk away happy and rebuild from there. Yeah, we'll, we'll go back to the draft and uh, hopefully there's some good rookies next year that can take the place of Chris Paul and LaMarcus Aldridge and the old guys that I've got that are going to win me a chip this year. Thanks for having me, guys. Stay right up. Righto, that was fun, Adam. What do you reckon? You reckon he's going to stay up there towards the top? Not really, no. I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> Next segment. I don't have any fancy music for this next segment. I'll uh, have to get into that. But we're going to finish soon because, once again, we've gone over time, which we do every single time. We're just going to have a look at a few free agents uh, that you could pick up this week. Bearing in mind, these free agents are based on a 14-team category league, which is almost a 15-team category league because we've got 14 rostered players due to COVID. So we'll say it's a 14-16 to team waiver-wire pickup. Adam, who have you got as one or two guys you might want to pick up this week? I've written down three. I'll only go into detail with one, though. Last week, we uh, discussed why you would pick somebody up, and one of them is to stream. So if you're 
late in the week and it's close in assists, I would have a very hard look at TJ McConnell. He's only just come back. He had eight assists last game and six again today. Yes, he doesn't do a whole lot else, but he does get assists when you're close in that. Mo Wagner, when Washington play basketball again, is still one to look at since the Thomas Bryant injury. But the guy I'll touch on quickly is Harry Giles. Me being a Kings fan, he is at Portland now. He's only been averaging eight minutes a game, where he's still got three points, three rebounds, and 0.7 blocks, I believe, and half a steal in those eight minutes, and, and almost a three per game as well. So he's done a lot in those eight minutes. But if you go back to preseason, which means nothing, because then Taylor Horton Tucker would be the MVP of the league. But in preseason, he had 18 and 14, 19 and 13. And that's when Nurse wasn't playing and Cantor was starting. So he was coming off the bench and playing 25 minutes in each of those games. So you would imagine Cantor will start again. But Cantor, as we all know, awesome offensive centre, can't defend whereas Giles can a little bit. So I would imagine he'll get around 20 minutes, I hope, and I think that will be enough to have him as a valuable player in our league, at least for the next eight weeks until Nurkic returns. And if they did have an injury to a Robert, another injury to a Robert Covington or to Ennis Cantor, then he's an absolute must-own. The only question I have with him is whether he's going to get the minutes or not. And if he gets the minutes, then absolutely he'll put up good numbers because he's not a bad young player. was drafted pretty high. So I've got a few as well. Gary Trent Jr., again, was we're still talking about the same team, but with no Nurkic there, Melo's old. There's going to have to be more usage for him. And he can fill up a stat sheet, particularly in regards to points, but he's also he's been very, very up and down and been a bit quiet uh, this year, probably not as playing as well as what you would think for a, a younger guy. Jay Sean Tate at Houston, we don't really know what Houston are going to do when everyone comes back and everyone is playing in that team. Uh, Oladipo, as we said earlier in the podcast, is going to make his debut tomorrow. I don't think John Wall will be playing tomorrow. Jay Sean Tate is someone you could look at. He's had a pretty good last three games. He's averaged over 10 points, over four rebounds, and over three assists with a steal and a block in those games. But the one that I like most is Isaiah Roby because our Horford is out for personal reasons, has been for a little while now. I don't know what those personal reasons are. I don't know how long is until he comes back. But the last couple of games, Roby's averaged 25 minutes, which is good. He's got 10.5 points, six rebounds, and two assists in those couple of games. And OKC as we know, are very young. And if they were to move on Horford at some point, which would be very hard because his contract isn't ideal, then Roby, again, would be another guy who was a must-own. But at the moment, I think while Horford's out, he's a handy player to pick up and get in your side. Yep, I I totally agree. And I have picked up Giles right now as we're talking. So there you go. Very good. All right. Well, thanks very much, Adam. I'd like to thank Darcy as well for joining us today. It was a good, fun show. And hopefully we'll be back in the next couple of days to do it all again. Thanks very much, Adam. Awesome. See you later.